He crawled as far as the shattered tree and lay there, faint from the effort. But he knew he had to keep moving. When he stopped, when the sweat dried on his skin, he'd begin to shiver again, racking his body until his teeth chattered. There wasn't enough left of his uniform to keep him warm, and his captors, God help them, had taken his boots. Good English leather. He'd stolen them himself from a corpse. He grimaced, afraid to look at his torn feet. He'd lost too much blood from his other wounds. The one in his leg had mercifully stopped bleeding, and the cut in his hairline had clotted over, but the damage had been done. He was light-headed from lack of food, finding it hard to concentrate. A crow couldn't find enough to eat in this countryside after four years of war. He'd be dead soon if he didn't reach his own lines. To his left, the firing was heavy. Rifles and machine guns. An assault underway. But in which direction? He could see the flashes, but they told him nothing. Which way? He forced himself to sit up against the torn bark of the trunk. Think... For God's sake, collect your wits or you're done for. But the firing was fading, and he knew in some corner of his mind that the battle hadn't stopped. He was losing consciousness. Fighting it, clenching his teeth with determination, he dragged himself upright, holding hard to the shattered trunk. The ground moved under his feet, heaving and shifting, and he thought he would fall down again, unable to hold on. Wet earth pummeled him, and then the shifting stopped, and he realised a sapper's tunnel must have gone up somewhere in the sector to his left. Shaking his head to clear it, he nearly fell down. Voices. Hands. He blinked, trying to see. Pray God, no. Not now. They had to force his fingers from the bark of the tree before they could lower him to the stretcher, and then they were doing something else. A blanket something between him and that wretchedly cold wind. The warmth betrayed him, and he lay there, unable to put up any defence at all. He didn't care any longer. He couldn't fight any more. Let them take him back. It didn't matter. The ground was rough. The men handling the stretcher stumbled across it, jarring his body from side to side. He remembered some of it, in and out of awareness, listening to the soft grunts of the men carrying him, watching the stars pass in and out of light clouds overhead, struggling to keep his bearings. He was still shivering, vaguely aware of being warmer, but not yet warm enough. They had put a strap across the blanket, across his chest, holding him and it in place as they tramped in the darkness. Lamplight turned low. Voices. A face peering down at him. Blurred. The straps taken off. The blanket lifted. He almost cried out as the cold swept in. And then the blanket was lowered again, and he clutched at it desperately. And what have you brought me this time? A Scottish voice demanded. A woman's voice. He's dead. A waste. You ken I'd hoped for a live one. Shall I put him with the corpses, then? Another voice, nearly as unintelligible. Ah, shivering. No death throes. The stretcher-bearer at his head said impatiently, No, bring him forward. We'll give it a try. Anyone else out there? He's the last. Good. Deliver him. Then get yourself something to warm your insides. He could hardly decipher the exchange. He tried to groan, 
to make some sign that he was still clinging to life, however tenuous his hold on it. But what issued from his mouth wasn't a groan. It was a croaking laugh, rising from his parched throat. The face peered down at him again. He could make out straggling sandy hair beneath a once-white cap. Pale blue eyes, kinder than the voice. Freckles, a sea of them, running together as his vision failed him. God save us, the voice said. I think we've caught ourselves a frog. <laughs>